Hello. Hi. Welcome to Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Mary. And I'm Kylie. We are a mother-daughter duo interested in true crime. Some material may be disturbing because we do discuss murder. And adult beverages. We try not to swear, but sometimes bad words do fall out. <laughs> Join in on the conversation. Find us on Instagram at Sipping with Snapped. Tweet us at Sipping Snapped. To suggest a story, find us online, www.sippingwithsnapped.com. Or join our Facebook group, Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. So, uncork your favorite bottle of wine. Or pour yourself a cocktail and... Let's Talk Snapped! Okay. Hi, Kylie. Hey, Mom. <laughs> how are you? Good. How are you doing today? Tonight. Good. Hello, podcast listeners. Hello, everybody out there. Our friends. Yes. Friends. <laughs> we're, we're the three best friends that anyone can have. <laughs> it never gets old, man. That was like a, such a great comedy. That was a good one. The, the Hangover. Mm-hmm. Man. They, uh, they nailed it on the head. They came up with something not thought of. But the sequels were all right. Yes. But, but not like the first one. The first one was... Exactly. That was the bomb. I feel like it's hard for sequels to ever be as good as the first one. This is true. Although, didn't you see Top Gun? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah, that's good. And I heard that that, that one might be really a, good. an exception. <laughs> the only thing that bothered me was that Tom Cruise had zero gray hairs and it's supposed to be 25 years later. Oh, yeah. So anybody yeah. would naturally gray a little bit in yes. two and a quarter decades. <laughs> he should have a couple of grays. Right. I mean, if he's over 55, he should have a couple of grays. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But unless his yeah, character so. is so vain that he would still <laughs> dye his hair. Yeah, or it's just the actor himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We know. We know what we know about Tom. But it was it was a very good, very good movie. I liked it. But I, I also loved the first one. So. Oh, I know. So I sometimes it's like, what what puts it in there? The nostalgia of the original? Yes. You know, like that makes it. They did have a couple of references back to that first one. Oh, you've got to. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone storm out. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. So, you know how I just turned 30. And so... <laughs> Just I know two months ago, <laughs> right? <laughs> Three months ago, I'm still hanging on to it. I'm newly thirty, and I will still say I just turned thirty until the end of 2022, until the night before <laughs> your next birthday. <laughs> yes, I just turned thirty. But anyways, for the first time, Manny's Toast Girl went to the West Coast. Yes, and I visited Portland specifically, but I saw like Oregon and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my first thought when I went there was like oh my gosh now I can actually put a visual to PNW Haunts and Homicides oh the one with Caitlin and Cassie yes because I listened to them and West Coast versus East Coast is honestly so different like oh, visually like socially all mm-hmm. that stuff it's beautiful so going over there I was like okay now I get a little more of the feel you know when they well it's funny you brought them up because they sent us a promo swap oh no way all right well do you want to hear it yes okay hey creepy people 
This is PNW Haunts and Homicides. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Cassie. Together, we explore stories of the paranormal and true crime throughout the Pacific Northwest. For each episode, we do a tarot reading to help us gain some insight on the topic as we share the facts of the case and our interpretations. You can find our episodes featuring true stories from infamous cases such as the misdeeds of Boeing, as well as lesser known true crime cases like the murders in Tunnel 13 as well as our spooky stories from Pike Place and Raven's Manor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you'd like to listen. Have Have a a creepy-ass day. Welcome back. Yes. Well, now we're back (laughs) to Sipping with Snapped. We hope you check out our friends over there on the West Coast. Yes. So us East Coast girls say hey to you West Coast girls. What's up? What's up? So PWN haunts and homicides. Check them out. Yes. Cheers. So, are you drinking anything fun? Are you? I stumbled upon some Seagram's Distillers Reserve Gin. No way. It came in a black bottle. You got some fancy gin? Seagram's says fancy gin? It says... (laughs) What? That's what I said too. I was like, what? I'm going to have to try this. So I did get Seagram's Distillers Reserve Gin. Was it like expensive? It was more than a regular Seagram's gin. But it wasn't like top shelf. Uh, It's like $2 more maybe. You can look it up. No, sorry. (laughs) I wasn't sure (laughs) if it was like an expensive thing. I have lemonade and gin. Yummy. That's a great summer drink. It is. It's pretty good. I mean, honestly, mixing anything with lemonade in the summer. It is very refreshing. I feel like lemonade might be the ultimate mixer. Yes. Because you can mix whiskey with it. And vodka. Yep. And gin. Gin. Tequila, I think. Tequila. Yeah, because that could be more like a... It's almost almost margarita. It would have to be like lemon lime but hey that's fine this distiller's reserve gin is 49 proof i never actually understand what those proofs mean it's like blank percent and blank proof and i'm like i know that you make me feel good i thought the higher the proof the more potent because you can get lightning that's like i mean uh you can get moonshine that's like 120. Yeah, you're Latin. talking like a local. Moonshine, <laughs> Latin. In the moonshine industry. You've binged that show once or twice. Yes. All right, so are you going to tell me your story? All right. Well, not your story. Yes. Because sometimes I feel weird saying that because it makes it sound like... The case. Yeah, exactly. It makes it sound like... I'll share my case. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's sound more like detectives than uh, gossipers. <laughs> yes, this is true. I want to sound like a detective. Me too. But... I love whenever I can insert some of the jargon. Like rigor. Yeah. <laughs> I insert jargon <laughs> in my everyday life. <laughs> so Thomas... Hope goes by Tommy. Tommy boy. Tommy boy was born on June 28th, 1955 in Texas. He had a troubled childhood. Oh. His parents would leave him and his two siblings alone for days at a time all by themselves. What? Home alone. The three kids. Do we know how old they are? I mean... I didn't say. Well, obviously not old enough to leave. Yes. And like, you know, so not old, not teenagers. I'm thinking under the age of 10. Yeah. Days at a time. Days. Oh my gosh. I feel weird just like leaving the room for a minute. Like, yes. what are they, how do you know that they're not going to do something like play with the blind string or something? Mm-hmm. Like, dang. 
Exactly. Put a fork in the socket. So Tommy <laughs> and his siblings would eventually be placed in foster care. <sighs> Thank God. And Tommy was abused no. and neglected. Shit. <laughs> I spoke too soon. I know. Dang it. They were trying to help this little boy and instead they put him. he was abused and neglected again. <sighs> so once he turned 18, he joined the military. Yeah. And after four years of serving, he was honorably discharged. Okay. And then he did odd jobs to make ends meet. So then Tommy's story in this snapped episode jumps to his mid-40s. Oh, okay. Where he's living in Camdington, Missouri. Missouri. So in Camdington, he did a lot of drugs. <sighs> and he was a local at the bar where he had lots of friends and drank lots of beers. <laughs> of course, according to him, he had lots of friends. <laughs> lots, of friends. <laughs> lots of friends. You know, you know the local oh, yes. inhabitant. <laughs> this is my stool. <laughs> <laughs> where everybody knows your yeah, name. My name. <laughs> is your name on it? Might as well be. That's my ass print. Tommy! <laughs> Norm! <laughs> Did you ever see Cheers? No. Am I dating myself? I love it. I'm dating I myself. I love it. Okay. So, 48-year-old Tommy wasn't seen or heard from for a few days. So, on April 28, 2004, at 6.30 in the morning, two of his friends, probably from the bar, yeah, Cindy Christensen and Brian Norton, went to Tommy's house to check on him. Mm -hmm. So, they knocked. There was no answer. So, the two of them had the bright idea of Cindy going through an unlocked window to see if she could find Tommy. If it's 6.30 in the morning and they're bar friends, not to stereotype, but they might have been stumbling <laughs> over. Stumbling over. <laughs> and we're like, yes. you know what? I got this great, slightly drunken idea. <laughs> we should look up April 28th, 2004 to see what day of the week that is. Right? I mean, if you're a local at a pub, every day is a, is a pub day. <laughs> oh, yes. Five o'clock somewhere. Oh, yeah. Hair of the dog. <laughs> so Cindy went through this unlocked window mm -hmm. and she found Tommy lying on the floor <gasps> in a pool of his blood. No. Yes. So she screamed yeah. and ran to the front door to unlock it for Brian to come in. And he saw the same scene that Cindy saw. Mm -hmm. So the two of them ran a half a mile down the road to their friend Patricia's house to call 911. 2004. Were there cell phones? So, I guess that was like still... There were cell phones, but they were still... Only the rich and famous had them. Right? You know? mm -hmm. It was like a little blip Nextel. <laughs> yes. The Nextel or a flip phone. So Cindy was the one who called 911 and requested an officer, an ambulance, or, quote, the whole nine yards. <laughs> that's what she said on tape. We need the whole nine yards. Uh, and then she a... said, talk to Brian, and handed him the phone. Yeah. And then Brian described the scene to the dispatcher. Mm-hmm. So the detectives arrived on the scene and determined that the body was there for a long time. <gasps> and then they had to investigate. They had to put on their sleuthing caps and say, is this an accident or a homicide? I wonder how long because nobody said anything of stench. So not long enough to stink. So. Oh, whoops. That's okay. Sorry. <laughs> they used luminol and found bloody footprints leading to a window. Uh -huh. The medical examiner saw that 
Tommy had a cut on his throat, mm-hmm. but that was not what killed him. What killed him was the eight or nine stabs to the torso. Oh. Yes. Yikes. Yes. The examiner also determined that the body was there for three to four days. Oh, snap. So it definitely stank. Oh, yeah. So Tommy was either killed late on the 24th or early on the 25th. Oh, wow. So right away, like the first day he was missing, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. his friends hadn't seen him for a few days. Mm-hmm. Oh, sh- So if he died the 24th or 25th and then they found him on the 28th, you know that there was stink. Yeah. Yeah. And they also found a pill bottle in Tommy's shirt with Cindy's name on it. The one that went through the window. Oh, that's weird. Yes. So the detectives went over to Patricia's house to question Cindy. Because she and um, Brian were still there. They were still at Patricia's where they called. Okay. And Cindy said that she and Tommy did have a relationship a while back but they broke up but they were still friends and they just enjoyed doing drugs together oh so it's friends with drug benefits yes <laughs> is where they're at drug not, we're drug friends yeah, yeah not yep not physical friends just so then patricia chimed in and told the detectives that tommy might owe some money to the drug dealer named jeffrey rourke uh-huh And she also knew that Tommy was having an affair with a 27-year-old married woman named Clara Rector. Wow. How did Patricia know all this? Patricia's the town gossip. Yes. I guess she only lives a half mile from his house, too. So if she's a town... They must have been friends. Right? And if she's... Can you imagine? That's like living next to Petunia. She'd know all your business. (laughs) Depending. Oh, yeah. Like Aunt Petunia. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Aunt Petunia. Especially a half mile. That's funny because that's the figure I have in my head. Like extra long neck for peering around fences. Peering over. That description never gets old. That's like... That's shifts. Perfect. Yes. So detectives went to Patricia's first lead, Jeff Rourke, the drug dealer, and he was a known drug dealer. Mm -hmm. I keep thinking Mickey Rourke. (laughs) I know. I know. Oof. (laughs) Just, Just the name. Drug dealer Jeffrey said, Tommy only owes me $35 and it's not worth my time. Yeah. He, um, he stiffed me on an eighth like of weed. That's it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yes. Well, so that lead went nowhere. So I'm going to introduce you to Clara Rector, the one that he was having an affair with. 27 and married, right? Yes. She was born in California in 1976. She also had a rough upbringing. Oh. She was abused. So she was removed from her biological parents and was adopted. Oh, that sounds good. And then once she was adopted, she moved to Missouri. Uh-huh. And that's where she grew up. And the adoptive parents were good? Yeah, there was no... Reports. After the uh, biological parents, the adoptive ones seemed pretty... Seemed to be pretty good. Okay. So she got married when she was 19 years old. Yeah, that's young. When she was pregnant with their first child, Uh her husband died in an auto accident. (gasps) Oh, no. Oh, that's tragic. Like while pregnant. mm -hmm. So you give birth and it's that one hand, it's a piece of him, which is beautiful. And the other, like, hurts. Yeah, a piece of your heart. Mm Mm-hmm. So to cope with this, she began using drugs. Oh, I can totally see why. Yes. Like, 
So in 1999, she married a man named Jason Rector. Okay. So after they got married, Jason adopted her first child. Oh, that's sweet. And then the two had two more children. That's awesome. So they were a blended family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they both did drugs and they fought a lot. Oh, so it's not. Yes. But he eventually, (laughs) Jason eventually got clean. Oh, good. And wanted Clara to get clean, but Clara had no interest in getting clean. Yeah. So in 2003, Clara met Tommy Mm -hmm. and the one thing they had in common was... They both were doing drugs. Addiction to drugs. Ah, I mean, I I can totally see where Clara's coming from. I'm not sure where Tommy's use stems from I guess probably is abuse mm. but like for her the minute she stops using she's got to deal with the loss of her husband yeah but now she's got two more kids so right three, three babies you would think that you'd be clean for them but it's got to be hard it's got to be absolutely difficult oh right you can never put yourself in the yeah. like thing but you always hope that a kid's enough yes. so so they met she met Tommy and they both did drugs uh, and so her, her current husband's clean and knows that she's like off doing it oh yes okay with it no he's not okay with it okay but eventually she moved in with tommy oh which angered jason uh yeah and jason was so angry about that that he went over to tommy's house got clara put her in rehab good and then after rehab she moved back home okay and jason threatened tommy and said if you ever do drugs with my wife again i'm going to kill you yeah because he's enabling her to the max he's giving her a place and Mm -hmm. it's terrible Mm -hmm. so everyone knew that jason did not like tommy yeah because it's a small town i'm assuming but even after she got clean she would sneak over to tommy's and do drugs with (sighs) him unbeknownst to jason i hate that he also has such a cute little kid name like tommy makes it sound so innocent you know like i'm going to tommy's to go play (laughs) i'm going to tommy's to do some drugs (laughs) So the case went cold for about nine years. No way. Yes. Then's the turn. Here's the turn. Cue the turn. Okay. On April 21st, 2013, Detective Scott Hines received a phone call from the pastor of his church. That was my 21st birthday, by yes. the way. <laughs> So Detective Scott Hines received a phone call from the pastor of his church, the Camdenton Baptist Church, where the detective was a prisoner. So the detective got a phone call from his own pastor. Correct. Okay. Thank you. So the pastor, Jerry Susley, but we'll just say Pastor Jerry. (laughs) So Jerry felt like he was being stalked. Oh, God. Who stalks a person? Guess who was stalking clara rector oh my gosh she was leaving him notes all around the church and she would make unannounced visits to his house um you think you're being stalked this is full-on like stage five oh wait what stage five clinger yeah the straw that prompted the pastor to call the detective Uh was a notebook that she left on his desk with stories and erotic fantasies. No, she made a fan fiction between herself and the pastor? The pastor of her church. Wow. Yeah, he he waited too long. He was too patient. (laughs) For her to have enough time to script out a plot line, like... Mm -hmm. 
Oof. Like, might as well publish it and <laughs> get an ISBN. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, back when she bought the notebook, it was too much, man. <laughs> so on April 22nd, Pastor Jerry went into the police station to file a report and give a statement. Uh-huh. He stated that when he would not give the notebook back to Clara, uh-huh. that she told him, give it back or I will effing destroy you. Oh, she threatened him. Yeah. Yes, and during this questioning, Jerry told the detective that Clara confessed to killing Tommy what? and the pastor felt like he had to call the police because he was in fear that she might do the same thing to him. Wait, what? So she's known about this or when did she confess? I'm not sure. I don't know when. He just said that she did confess. But a pastor has that same type of lawyer thing, like that agreement with a lawyer. Like if I told the priest. Got it. Where they can't say anything mm -hmm. until you're threatened. So it's like a therapist, a lawyer, and a, a priest, priest or, or pastor. pastor. Mm -hmm. Yes. That makes sense. So unless you feel threatened, you can't say anything. Oh my God, man. He should have said something forever ago. Can you imagine? Here she is. She goes and confesses to him and then starts leaving notes around i would immediately yeah. be like mm -mm. the first note i'd be like i'm out of here right like nope i know what you did last summer and it was not good <laughs> like, it was it was straight up a sin i know what you did nine years ago and yeah exactly and you fucking killed a man <laughs> sorry <laughs> so police arrested clara yeah and questioned her about the stalking yeah so they said hey we want to bring you in because uh you know you're charged with stalking. Yeah. But that's not all. The detectives told her that they knew of her confession to the pastor. <gasps> and then she confessed. Yeah, because she's got, you know. So here's what took place. Ooh. She said that she snuck out of her house in the middle of the night mm -hmm. because she wanted to get high. Yeah. So she went to Tommy's and he would not open the door. So she snuck in through the window. Oh, that's kind of sweet. He was actually listening to Jason mm -hmm. and not helping her. So she snuck in through the window and Tommy said, I don't have a lot of drugs, but you could have what I have. You know, whatever drugs I have, you could have. Mm -hmm. So she's like, all right, give them to me. So she got high. <laughs> <laughs> all right, give them to me. You gave her like a husky. Give them to me. Where are the other drugs? Where are the like Batman with it. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the other drugs? <laughs> so she got high. Yeah. And she wanted more. No. But he did not have any more. Which isn't his fault. So she grabbed a knife and she gashed his neck. Mm. And then she said she feared that this was going to make Tommy angry. So she stabbed him in the chest. <laughs> yeah. She said, hey, I cut his neck. Yeah. And then I said, oh, no, that's going to piss Tommy off. I better yeah, finish the rest of him. So she stabbed him eight or nine times yeah. in the chest. He's going to hate the fact that he's gonna about to bleed out. So I might as well just, like, stab him a bunch of times. And... Oh, he's going to be pissed because he needs, like, six stitches. Yeah. Oh, my God. So then she took his wallet mm -hmm. and that knife mm -hmm. and she ran back home. Why the wallet, though? Make it look like a robbery, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe to get more drugs. Yeah. <laughs> but she went back through the window <laughs> and ran home. And that was the window that later was gone through again. Dang. But that was God. the luminol window. Yeah, but I just assume it's the open one that they found that she went in. That's in. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That Claire. Yes. 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 That. Um, Cindy. Cindy. 
Cindy went through. Went through. Mm -hmm. So Jason was awake when his darling wife came home. Uh-huh. And she told him what she did. <gasps> no. So he... he told, Jason told Clara, take off all your clothes, give me the wallet, give me the knife, and he burned them all. So he covered it up for her. Yes. So she pled guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to 15 years in jail, which she's now serving. Wait. And she's up for parole January 2024. I'm, wait, I'm so curious, like, did she stay? I'm thinking second degree because she was high and she didn't right? plan it. She just like was overcome with a need for more drugs. Mm -hmm. And Jason did not serve any time. <gasps> For his involvement because the statute of limitations oh, no. for tampering with physical evidence had expired because that statute of limitations was three years. Oh, that's not long enough. Mm -hmm. So so his Tommy's friends were angry yeah. that the sentence was like so little. Yeah, because he died. And I wonder if she stayed clean after mm -hmm. is what I was curious about. That's what I was going to say. That's true. Like after him, like covering it up for her, I wonder if she stayed clean for the nine years. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know, well, they say that you can get drugs in jail, but probably not as many. Yeah. 15 years. So maybe she's 15 years clean. Right. Like maybe in a weird way. It shouldn't have cost anyone's life, mm -hmm. but in a weird way, could have saved her. So Tommy's friends were all angry that the sentence was so short because Tommy was such a nice guy. Yeah. Quote, quote. And he was only 48, yeah. you know? Yeah, he was really young. Yeah, he had a rough childhood. He got out of it on his own by going to the military. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he bopped around living his life and ultimately settled in a place where he was able to keep to his own. Yeah, yeah, he did drugs, but like he wasn't hurting anybody. Mm -hmm. When he was approached by an angry husband, he heeded his request and then was killed for it. Like he didn't answer the door exactly yeah. he was killed for it and uh, then the husband cleaned it up even though he did what he was asked exactly so snapped season 29 episode 15 man oh that stinks and what also kind of stinks is that her name is clara because i just thought of the nutcracker the whole time <laughs> <laughs> i pictured like a little nightgown girl being like he's gonna be so angry that i slit his throat dancing with her nutcracker hey but thanks for listening yes make sure you listen to your mother i feel like i should start putting your mom jokes in there or something <laughs> and make good choices Cheers. <laughs> yo mama. Right? Like, listen, yo mama's so, I don't know, I got nothing. Make sure you listen to your mama and make good choices. And you could say, and don't. And don't go around jumping through people's windows and slitting them in the neck. Oh, Place I know. people in the neck. <laughs> right? <laughs> don't think that eight stabs make the ninth one okay. <laughs> like... <laughs> Thank you for listening. Sipping with Snapped is an independent podcast. So the best way you can support us is to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser. This podcast is researched, written, and edited by us. I'm Mary the mom. I'm Kylie the daughter. Thank you to Caleb Cook for lending his musical talents for our theme music. And tune in next Wednesday for another Sipping with Snapped episode. Cheers! Cheers. Hey Logan, say I love you! <laughs> <laughs>